Welcome to Life's a Beach. I'm Bruce Hopkins, better known as Hoppo from Bondi Rescue. Each week I'll be sharing some stories, the good, the bad and everything in between. I'll be chatting to guests about their life experiences and giving our listeners an insight to the challenges we have faced in our lives. We'll share a few jokes and some banter along the way and hopefully our experiences will resonate with you. As the saying goes, while life's a beach, it can also be a bitch. Hey everyone, this week on Life's a Beach, I chat to rising stars, the Buckleys. This Byron Bay trio are the young country pop band made of siblings Lachlan, Molly and Sarah Buckley. Then later on, lifeguard Whippet joins me in the shack for some beach banner and I go to the mailbag to answer questions from the fans. Now let's have a listen to my chat with the Buckleys. Okay, this week in the Beach Shack, it's a pleasure to have an up-and-coming band, the Buckleys, and we've got Sarah, Lachlan, and Molly. How are you guys? Yo, we're doing well. We're doing good. Thanks for having us. No, it's a pleasure. And uh, so going right back, I mean, you're, you're getting quite successful these days, but, you know, you started, you live in Byron Bay, so where um, did it all start and, and, and what made your siblings, so the people out there that are listening, uh, you're all siblings and... Uh, you know, how do you all get along? Oh, it's a funny one. It's a funny one. You know, it goes back and forth as all siblings, ups and downs. <laughs> but it's pretty good for the most part. Yeah. It is. It's lots of fun uh, being able to work together. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we grew up in a very musical household. Um, Moving around a lot as well. Yeah, up exactly. Up and down the coast. Yeah, totally. And, you know, our dad's a musician. He drummed for a band back in the 80s called The Radiators. Anyone knows The Rads? Yeah. And uh, so we kind of grew up with music all around the household all the time uh it was a really natural progression for us to start playing together so it's like we don't know we can't like it's when i talk to siblings that are my age they couldn't imagine doing something like this it's like traveling with their siblings 24 7 but i'm like <laughs> being when them. it's all you know it's kind of it's fine <laughs> well you mentioned your dad i i actually uh yeah grew up with the radiators massive fan in the day so yeah, showing my age, but it's uh, yeah, but great stuff. And well, obviously you've picked up that from uh, from him and and the music. And so you started off though when you were all quite young. Yeah, totally. And like we used to play like originally, like now the band is me, Lachlan and Molly, and we have our friends and you know other musicians that play with us. But originally it used to be like us and Dad would be on drums and sometimes piano. So it'd be like yeah, super funny, just like going to like Tamworth Country Music Festival and he would be playing drums with us and then he like sacked himself a few years in because he just could not handle us he's like um, we, we would drive you kind of wanted to stay home as well it's like oh, i've been on the road my whole life I'm doing this <laughs> totally but we are actually dragging him back up for a show we're playing at the gimpy master in a few months in august and we're like dad this is like queensland you got to come up and we're going to do a radiator song and he's going to come and play drums it's going to be it's going to go off we're so excited so that will be our first time playing with dad in a while <laughs> it's going to be interesting Oh, it'd be great. It'd be great. Playing with your uh, dad up there would be something that uh, I suppose a lot of people don't get the chance to do a, a lot of the stuff like with their parents. And, uh, you know, that's um, something that a lot of people up there will be looking forward to. So mm, you yeah. you went from, uh, you know, your early days. And I, I noticed, um, Sarah, you, you do a lot of writing and, and sort of when you guys were growing up, you wanted to save because you had this passion to go to Nashville. So tell us a bit of a story about that. 
Mm, yeah, totally. Well, me and Molly, um, especially like when I was about 11 years old, we had this goal to get to Nashville by the time I was 16 years old. I didn't I was, even... I was just a little nerd saving up for a guitar. <laughs> yeah, Lachlan didn't have the vision. Like, Nashville, what? <laughs> <laughs> Give me a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but me and Molly just saved up like everything. We just kind of saw, you know, all the documentaries of the artists that, you know, go to Nashville and just all of the music there that's just 24-7. It was just yeah. this like, it's like the Disneyland for musicians. So awesome. Yeah, and so we saved up and we eventually got there. We didn't know anyone when we first got to Nashville. Um, we just kind of called up every venue we could and, and played we got Yeah, we got a few shows and it's like everyone knows some, someone in Nashville and I think that's like... Someone the, or everyone. Yeah, <laughs> that's like the magic of it. So we were playing this gig at like Douglas Corner and uh, Debbie Throckmorton, who's the band booker there, she um, her dad's a songwriter, an amazing songwriter. She just won a Grammy for on Willie Nelson's album, um, one of his singles. And, yeah, so she just took us under her wing and got us, like, some of our first co-writes with Bruce Chanel, who wrote Hey Baby, you know, hey, hey, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like. Uh, Walked into his house and he's got like photos with the Beatles. I was like, this is weird. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It it just like incredible experience. Exactly. And like there's a place called, I don't know if you know the Bluebird Cafe, but it's this little cafe in the center of Nashville. It was on the Nashville TV show and like an iconic venue that everyone has played at. We like played this little show outside of Nashville and there was like three people in the audience and we were like... We were just having a good old jam. <laughs> exactly. Louisiana Bar and Grill. Yeah. And then one of the people in the audience was the band booker for the Bluebird Cafe. Cafe, and then we ended up playing at the Bluebird that yeah. first trip. She just invited us, like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> so I was 16 and these guys were a little younger. It's just wild how everything, you know, developed. And we've been going back ever since and recorded our album there. So, yeah, Nashville is just amazing. Well, that that album is it's a Daydream is the album that you've that you've got out. That's yes, the that's the one. Connector. <laughs> and then you've got a couple of songs there. So Breathe, uh, breathe I listened to uh, the other day, which was very, very good. I um, actually enjoyed it. I mean, my background's obviously growing up like with, you know, In Excess, Radiators, Midnight Oil. It was all sort of rock uh, back in the 70s and 80s. But you guys are, are more country pop. Um, yeah, I mean, we have a lot of different flavors that come into our music, like everything, like, you know, we grew up with dad being a rock and roll drummer. Uh, so we listened to a lot of that growing up and the Rolling Stones and, but everything as well from like Frank Sinatra to country to, Jimmy you know, Hendrix, exactly. Old blues and soul. Mm. So literally yeah. everything under the sun we've kind of grown up being inspired by. And so with our album Daydream. I think the goal was we obviously recorded it in Nashville and have, um, you know, a country roots background, but we also have all of those other influences like rock and roll and like soul. And, you know, we love some funk here and there. So we kind of wanted to really just pour everything into this album. So there's a lot of different flavors. You have, you know, a song like Breathe, which is um, much more country and folk based, but then you have Crazy Like You, which is like a full-on basically rock song that Lachlan yeah. wrote and then you know feeling the love and leave me hanging on which have more like a funky vibe and vibe so there's just like yeah a lot of different flavors which is exactly what we wanted to do because yeah. you know you get a lot of people saying you know you have to do this to be played on radio or you have to do this to you know fit this certain box or genre or label um but we've always just kind of we kind of just create what we create and then 
we put it out and everyone else puts it in a box. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, that's what all of our favorite artists, you know, have done as well. Like, you know, Fleetwood Mac and Queen and, you know, even Taylor Swift, like just releasing music and writing music that's super authentic has always been the yeah, goal. The music that you love as well, that you can just release and love it. Exactly. So yeah. the next album will be a different thing again. So we're working on the next album too at the moment. So that's really exciting. And yeah, just hopefully can... Uh, oh, yeah release some things that people won't be expecting. <laughs> well, it does sound a lot like Stevie Nicks, you know, um, with Fleetwood Mac. It's a, It's got a lot of that feel about it. So I don't know if you realise that or it's something that uh, people have told you before. Yeah, so we have gotten that reference. It's like the biggest con. I can't, I'm like, every time someone says it, I'm like, whatever. It's like <laughs> such a compliment. We love Fleetwood Mac and Stevie yeah, Nicks, awesome. but... um. Can't see how we compare, but it's fine. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> so, so how? So you're still all, all quite young. So how are you? You know, dealing with the up and coming, and you've got the fans, and you've got the pressure of of the albums. Um, you know, the, all the songs that you're doing. It, it, along with all that, there comes this pressure and the other side of life. So you seem pretty laid back. You know, and you're from Byron Bay, so the upbringing there's a bit different than growing up in a, in a, a major city, but how are you guys coping with that? Yeah. I mean, we've, the most important thing for us, I guess, is the music. So just, you know, really diving into just creating the best music that we can possibly write and, and make. enjoying it at the same time as well. Cause that's just what we've always wanted to do. Play music and write music for mm. a living. So like, and it's also a dream. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think growing up with dad being um, in the music industry his whole life has really helped us, you know, from the get go. Like we were never pushed into playing music or anything like that. We just kind of fell in love with it because it was our environment. If anything, they probably went the opposite. Dad's like, do not oh, no. play music. He like <laughs> made sure to show us that, like the music industry and like the downside and all that. Because it's a tough gig to crack into. But Yeah, he came into my room once and was like, oh, sorry about getting you guys into this music business. It's a bad game. It's a bad game. Dropkick business. Oh, my God. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Dad. Just I was actually album. really enjoying it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. So, like, constantly along the way, like, the last 10 years when we've really been, you know, uh, getting into, you know, playing music in the music industry, you know, every – like almost every day, like mom and dad would be like, you sure you want to be doing this? Like you don't have to do it. There's no pressure at all. You can just stop right now if you want to. Um, so like having that kind of uh, influence and grounding, I think. Sorry, sorry. our dog just broke into the room. <laughs> That's <laughs> fine. Uh, Minnie, she can open doors with a pause now. <laughs> He's a cute little dog. Uh, but um. <laughs> She's, yeah. she's a little bit cute. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, we've always just have, you know, really grounding but supportive parents. So I think, you know, that's been a big help for when, you know, there are a lot of ups and downs in the music industry, you know, constantly yeah. just like a roller coaster of, you know, momentum and. Um, Especially with the um, outbreak as well, the pandemic. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. So last year. Hard. Yeah, totally. Last year was so super tough for everyone in the music industry. Yeah. Um, but just kind of, yeah, I guess remembering, you know, why we're doing it and um, lucky to have really great people around us as well that are just so supportive and passionate and really inspire us as well. So with the COVID, what, what did you guys do? Obviously, you couldn't play any, any gigs at the time. So did you kick back and say, well, you know, think about the 
different riding you're going to do or what the plan was going to be once you can start playing again? I think actually like a lot of artists, I was watching an interview with um, a few artists the other day and I think it almost applies to um, all of us that it kind of put things like back into perspective in a way, like really made you, yeah, and also really made you focus back in on the music, like songwriting and recording because, I mean, when you go out and you tour and you're like on the road, it's kind of, you can lose sight of um, why you did it in the first place or whatever. But yeah, so we just spent a lot of our time writing together, writing by ourselves. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's really been interesting because like, I think our dynamic as songwriters especially has really developed over the course of the last 12 months in a way that it probably wouldn't have if we were constantly on the road like Lachlan has been getting super into production and we've been writing a lot the three of us um what's your studios called Lachlan um, have you decided a name soul food studios <laughs> oh that was my idea that I I yeah. take credit and it suits it's yeah, your t-shirt as well so yeah it has yeah. Yeah. Well, and we also turned our living room in <laughs> we also turned our living room into an inner city looking club for the Spur World Tour. That was pretty off the hook, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, we did. That was another thing we did. Um, Didn't yeah. sleep for a month, but, you know, it was worth it. Yeah, like when everything first started, we had just released a single, I think, like the day that the music industry kind of shut down um, So we were kind of year. freaking out, some could say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then we get this call. We're going to start like a the first ever virtual world tour with Live Nation who partnered with us to, yeah, basically we turned our living room into this, you know, little club looking like thing with just like curtains and backdrops around the walls and these studio lights that dad had in the garage. And we, um, <laughs> yeah. The odd production. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we got our little brother who was like 12 years old at the time to play drums with us. And dad played drums with us on a few stuff and just did these, you know, sets for different countries around the world on the Live Nation Facebook pages. Um, so that was wild. That was so just, an experience and a half. Yeah. <laughs> being, you know, inventive and coming up with new, fresh ways to connect with people which is another is another thing you know why we play music is you know also just to bring happiness to other people you know that's one of the biggest things for us playing live shows especially is just connecting with people and giving them the best time uh possible so kind of yeah, we, were, we were able to um keep that live aspect going how was um bondi because like sydney i assume that went into a bit of like hiding it wasn't as busy was bondi like was it weird to go from like this beach that was always just packed full of people to was it empty in a certain, for a certain amount of time yeah i mean in that initial march uh last year into april we closed down and f- the beach was totally fenced off for five weeks so there was nobody in the water no on the sand it was like some <laughs> remote beach you know up or down the coast where you know those nine mile oh, beaches wow. where no one's around it was just a real weird sort of feeling and uh then gradually you know we started letting people back on the beach and as it as it uh changed a bit but yeah it was something that i'll probably never forget i think the last time that uh bondi was fenced off was world war Two. they barbed wired the the uh beach so they couldn't get wow. down on the beach because they thought the japanese were going to come and bomb uh, in there so yeah so it's a it's quite a unique thing so it, it was really surreal 
Yeah. Yeah. It's actually so similar strange. to Byron. We like we're during that lockdown period, the Byron beaches, like what it goes, super popular beaches. I will say empty. finally found a park. It's yeah. impossible to get parking <laughs> at what goes and anywhere in Byron now. Got one though. But anyway, well, aside well, from the point. <laughs> well, probably COVID's probably uh stuffed you guys because I think half of Bondi have moved there. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Oh, Everyone so is true. from Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> Well, with uh, live music, as you're saying, you play a a lot of live music. And so when I was growing up, uh, you know, all the bands in those days had to, you know, start off playing in pubs and live gigs and you had to play live to be noticed. And and from there they would become, you know, well-known and the albums would come out after that. But these days I find a lot of artists just record and it's all about, you know, studio and then it goes on Spotify and other platforms but there's not a lot of live music these days. So how do you guys feel about that? Because you guys seem to be pushing a lot of live music. Yeah, totally. I think the live experience has always been a really big part of who we are as a band. Like we grew up also doing, you know, the pub gigs and all of that. Like I would be 12 years old and we ran like a local jam night at, you know, this little pub called the Billy Nigel pub. And we'd go to dad's gigs. That would be, you know, at pubs. So that was kind of our upbringing much more than it was the, um, I guess, social media um, music upbringing that a lot of people do today. Um, So, and I really um, like love the fact that we did get that kind of gig fitness from playing, you know, every single week and playing in pubs and stuff like that. It really, I think. That was probably the hardest part of the lockdown was not being able to go out and play in live shows. But I mean, I guess you just have to adapt. Like there's no point sitting down and being like, oh, this sucks. Like, you know, we adapted and went on the world virtual tour and still played live, but it just wasn't in front of people. But yeah, it was- yeah. But I think the live experience now that it's coming back as well is, you know, such an important part of, um, yeah. you know, yeah, like our music. But, you know, we were signed and picked up by uh, a guy called Chris Murphy, who's an incredible mentor. And he was so big on, um, you know, making the live show amazing because you want to give people, you know, the best live experience possible um, and bring that to, you know, wherever we can around the world, hopefully one day. Um so, yeah, just developing the live show has been yeah. also another big thing we did during the lockdown is a lot of rehearsing and, um, yeah, around the album, just, yeah, making the live show as strong as possible. Yeah. Well, on um, Chris, you know, unfortunately, I, I met him a couple of times. Unfortunately, he passed away uh, not long ago. But for people that don't know, he managed in excess of, and pretty much all through their prime. And, and you know, I remember that uh, the gig watching it in Wembley that was probably one of the biggest gigs I've ever seen and the way the crowd were jumping it was just an unbelievable uh unbelievable sight and but he he actually found you guys didn't he Yeah, yeah we met Chris um probably about two years ago now um and yeah we went over to his rant Sugar Beach Ranch and met him and his wife Caroline um, after he saw some videos that we did um, through a mutual friend, some of the, you know, early independent stuff we had released. And yeah, we just, you know, all got on like a house on fire and, you know, connected so much. And, you know, had like an 11 hour meeting Yeah. And just so passionate about music. I mean, that was one of the biggest things about Chris is just passion yeah. for, you know, we would just like Logan said, stay up until like 2am in the morning listening and talking about the Beatles. <laughs> Yeah, he like actually genuinely loves music, which yeah. not a yeah. people 
which not a lot of like um people do yeah just genuinely loves it it's hard to find someone i feel like in the music business that really just has that genuine love and is so just i don't know what you see is what you get it's just Mm. like amazing he was just such an amazing person and so amazing to have him as a mentor especially kind of through that first um push of the band Mm into the world and have yeah. that guidance um that we can carry through for yeah, seriously like the so rest much. of our lives mm-hmm. yeah exactly and the fact that you know he i don't know if we would have been able to make the album we wanted to make i'm sure we wouldn't have without someone like chris being you know our champion and you know fighting for us to be able to do what we want to do and encouraging us to be able to you know grow as artists and make the album that we wanted to make go outside the box as well mm-hmm. exactly he was always encouraging us to just you know be authentic and go outside of the box and push boundaries. So, so incredibly blessed and grateful that Chris Murphy has been such a massive part of our lives Mm. and will forever be. Yeah. Well, how'd that feel being signed to a label? Pretty much the only other one was in excess in there and there's such a massive band. Like, it must have been uh, surreal. Yeah, that yeah. was freaky, but like, what? <laughs> we are, like, not on that level. <laughs> nah, it was such just, like, an incredible honour. Yeah, yeah, you know, honor, yeah. to be um label, uh, what's the word, like, I have no idea. Don't know Damn what I'm talking about. <laughs> I really thought the sibling telepathy, sibling telepathy sibling would pull through. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so I'm not even trying to finish that. <laughs> no, but I think, yeah, having, you know, our label brothers be in excess is, you know, such an incredible thing. That's to, what I was trying to say. That's in, exactly what I was trying to say. Okay, sure. <laughs> to, yeah, inspire uh, uh, toward and look up to. Um, and, you know, all the stories from the days of in excess and being on the road, um, just incredible to hear. And yeah, like I said, look up to, and, you know, it was so wild when we first met Chris, just diving into, you know, all the old in excess videos and live performances. And like I said, like the live aspect, yeah, it was really cool and inspiring. Mm. Now that's really uh, great. And I think that uh, you'll, you'll continue on there and, and be very, very successful in, in what you're doing. I've got a, a couple of Thank questions you. that I that I throw in at the end. Now you guys are from Byron Bay, so you're close to the uh, water. Uh, have you ever been caught in a rip? Oh my! <laughs> well, my girlfriend actually was caught in one three days ago. It was really scary. I, I, yeah. I surf, so like I could I go out and rip. I, I, I don't think any of us have been caught. Well, in no, because it's pretty. I don't rip. know. When you we've grown up, like a lot of people, when you grow up at the beach, you kind of learn. But sometimes it does just take you, like Lachlan got like um ava the other day she you know sometimes you just it takes Luckily, so she was like waving for help and we ran down. i thought she was actually telling me to come join her i was like yeah. i don't want to go over there it was like a really dodgy spot I'm like why are you there yeah we need to tell her it's not that it's straight up no <laughs> yeah. it is that no it's not okay hobo help me out here. is it wave the arm well, or yeah, you put your arm up the and arm. then uh yeah because sometimes uh, if you wave it sometimes you might think they're waving to someone on the shore a friend. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's what you thought so that was my yeah. situation, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but pretty much if you go with the rip, 90% of rips. The chances, rips, though, we run down and then yeah. someone came, ran, ran down with us over the rocks to meet. <laughs> yeah, it come, comes and he was a lifeguard who saved her. Yeah. And, yeah. like, oh, not, just, not a lifeguard on duty. Like, he was just surfing yeah, yeah, yeah. in the surf. Yeah, there's, like, no lifeguards. And apparently, and he was a lifeguard and, like, got her out of it. It was, uh, yeah, it was quite. <laughs> I, I caught a wave down the beach and I was paddling off and I copped a set on the head. 
So I was just getting pumped and then she got sucked out and I didn't even hear her. Apparently she was screaming and everything. Well, because there's a lot of rocks <laughs> on the side as well. We weren't on, we were on a bit of a dodge. Uh, it was a bit yeah, dodge yeah. city, that beach, but um, yeah. Luckily everyone's okay. Yeah, that's but good. <laughs> out of the three of us, I don't think we've been taken no. by rip. Not yet. Oh, well, you've, you've grown up with it, so you're probably uh, pretty well experienced. But the uh, what does the Thank ocean you. mean to you that guys? That means a lot coming from you. <laughs> 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 well, I haven't. Sa- I've got no evidence. I'm just uh, just assuming. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> um, She'll put that in her Instagram bio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. To finish off, though, what what does the ocean mean to you guys? Ooh. I reckon it's a um, <clears throat> place think... of escape and freedom. Especially yes. surfing. Yeah, definitely. Ocean therapy. I always go there when I need, you know, whether I'm actually sick or just like want to clear your head. Clear your head. It's a real thing. Or even get fit. I've picked up surfing back up lately and it's a great way to get the grain muscle. I've uh, got a six pack in biceps. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, I don't. But um, fresh no, it's de- <laughs> fresh bruises everywhere. Um, no, but it's definitely somewhere we go to just clear our minds and, yeah. you know. And it goes hand in hand with music, in my opinion. Like mm-hmm. going for a surf in the morning, then coming home, just playing music all day. Yeah. Possibly going for another surf. It's just It just feels so good because yeah. you get like the same rush, I yeah. feel, when I surf. Mm-hmm. Play music, so yeah, it's a pretty awesome thing. Yeah, hundred percent. You got the perfect life, surfing and music. Can't get you better. <laughs> yeah, totally. What about you? Me? Oh, with the ocean. Oh, look, I reckon I try to work out how many hours I've been watching the ocean since a kid. Then I've been working as a professional lifeguard for thirty years. So the amount of time I've I've been watching the ocean just uh, thousands and thousands of hours, and it does. It makes me um you know feel really calm and. And, and clears my mind when I, when, you, when you go surfing and also just sitting there watching the waves break and watching people surf, it, it becomes uh, really relaxing. Totally. For sure. So nice. All right, Sarah, Lachlan, Molly, it's been great chatting. And also, it's been confirmed, aren't you, playing at Blues Fest in October? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah so exciting. Are you coming? B-square. Yeah, I might come up for that one. Oh, Hell yeah. yeah. Get up on stage for a song. Yeah. yeah. Can you do a backflip? Yeah, I, I might end you your career if I start singing, but uh, yeah. <laughs> end or boost? <laughs> oh, so pumped. We'll see you there. Okay, great. Great chatting. Cheers, guys. You, you too. too. Yeah. Have a great Thanks day. So good. Us. Have a good one. It was lovely to catch up with Sarah, Lachlan and Molly from the Buckleys. Check out their new single, Breathe and their debut album on Spotify. Next up, Beach Banner with Lifeguard Whippet. Hello, Whippet. Welcome to the Beach Shack. Thank you for having me. Mate, I know you've done a lot of uh, surf trips over the years. One that stands out is uh, when you went over to Bali with Kerbox. I did. I think I was maybe 17 or 18 at the time, so I was pretty young, just a grommet, and um, I'd known Box... Box was my surf coach growing up and um, as like a 10, 12-year-old sort of thing. And so he's taken me on, you know, 100 trips up and down the coast and, you know, looked after me all over the place. So when we said we're going to Bali, uh, mum and dad were kind of like, oh, if Box is going, he'll look after you. Even though they know he's pretty loose, he's always been pretty good with me. And, um, yeah, we we were in Bali and (laughs) I don't know what it was that bit him, but 
he sort of got bit on the nuts <laughs> by like a bug of some sort. And I remember they <laughs> they swelled up and um, we were going out for dinner. Well, well he's got no nuts, so it's a pretty good thing. Yeah, they look normal size. <laughs> and um, yeah, we went out for dinner and I remember he was like, oh, mate, there's something wrong with my nuts here. Like they're itchy and they're kind of stinging. And I was like, oh, we'll go home. We'll go home. We'll go home after dinner anyway and we're going to go back out. And so anyway, we went home and he looked at his nuts and there's like a rash on them because I don't know, like over there you can get these little mites in the cane and they, and they bite. I've had them on my leg and you get this horrific rash. And anyway, I said, oh, mate, sweet, just put some ice on them. And I remember we're going home like two days later or a day later and he's going, how do you go home from Bali with this rash on your nuts to your missus? Blah, blah. And I was like, no, nah, I'll back her up. I'll back you up here. This is like a genuine bug. And um, he ended up laying down and putting a pack of ice on his nuts. I went out and had a few beers somewhere with the boys, got home and found Box in the nude, laying on the mattress on the floor. Um, and the ice had obviously melted, so it looked like he'd weed the bed, just had this little plastic bag. And so I remember like the old days, you had those like wind-up disposable cameras and that's all yeah, I had yeah. with me. I was like, this is perfect. So I flicked the light on and there's just, yeah, a puddle of ice that had melted and Box laying there in the nude with his legs open. So I quickly take a photo. <laughs> I go home and I get them printed and about a month later and I remember one of the other boys got wind of the fact that there was a photo of it <laughs> and uh, and said, mate, I need a copy of that photo. He then, because I was still too young to be at the pub and that's how I got out of the next part. He then got the photo, took it to our local pub down the Chloe Hotel blew it up like A4 size and stuck it all over the pub. <laughs> and Kerbox got a phone call uh, from one of the boys at the pub. He said, mate, something bad's happened down the pub. Eh? You better get down here straight away. And he's like, what is it? And he goes, there's a photo of you laying. And he just knew it was my photo <laughs> straight away. So he rang me. He said, I'm going to kill you. And I said, what are you talking about? It wasn't me. I'm not even allowed in the pub. And uh, yeah, he ended up going down and ripping them all down, having a good laugh. He probably stayed there for six schooners anyway and had a laugh. But I remember he was out for some vengeance on me on that one and I had to had to lay low for a while. But I guess with box, that's one of the things. We've, we've played pranks on each other and, you know, spent so much time together over our lives that we can get away with a few jokes like that at each other's expense. And, um, yeah, he's got me back a few times. Yeah, he's usually a good sport with the pranks, and yeah, he can give it as good as he gets. Yeah, he sure can. You got to be, you got to be wary. It's much better off being on the same side as Kerbox in a prank <laughs> rather than butting heads. <laughs> Great story, Whippet, and uh, thanks for coming to the beach shack. No worries. Remember, Box always put pants on before you fall asleep. <laughs> thanks, Whippet, for joining me in the beach shack. Coming up next, I answer letters from the fans. This letter's from Brad, and he's from Adelaide. When you were younger, did you always want to be a lifeguard? If not, what did you want to be? Well, yeah, when I was younger, I probably wanted to be a, a ra in radio, and I started there at 2GB from school and, and did about four years, but I was pretty competitive in, uh, in sporting, so I decided to go that way and fell into lifeguarding as well because... I could uh, keep physically fit, train for my events that I was doing and then uh, also get paid at the same time. So I was only ever going to be there for five years as a lifeguard and then moved back into uh, either radio or, or something else but ended up uh, still being there and that's about 30 years later. Thanks everyone for listening. Remember to subscribe to Life's a Beach wherever you get your podcasts. 
and hit us up with questions, comments, or follow us on our social media channels, which you can find in our show notes. That's it for today, Beach fans. Stay safe and swim between the flags.